Good morning. I'm Ms. Tyler, and welcome to another episode of Context for Kids, which is going to be very different this week. This is your first time hearing, or if you've missed anything, you can find all the episodes archived at contextforkids.podbean.com, which has them downloadable, or at contextforkids.com, where I have transcripts for readers or on my Context for Kids YouTube channel. You know, this week has been very scary in the news, and in fact, the last year and a half has been really scary for you guys, I imagine. And when people are scared and confused, adults get really angry, and sometimes it's easier for them to be angry and to talk about what's going on in scary ways than to talk about how they're really feeling. And that's very normal, and you'll find that in your life that will happen to you too. You'll be overwhelmed and confused and scared, and if you don't talk about it, then you'll get angry. Now, sometimes we should get angry. When we see people actually being hurt, we should get angry. When people are in trouble and they aren't being helped, and that should make us angry too. But we always have to be careful who we get angry at and what we get angry about, or we might find ourselves doing wrong things and hurting people who have nothing to do with the problem. You know, last week, a dad picking up his child from school was so angry about something that he he beat the teacher up, and the teacher had to go to the hospital because he didn't like that his daughter had to wear a mask at school. Now, what the dad was angry about wasn't anything the teacher did or had any control over. The dad was just angry. About a month ago, a grandma who works at the same store as my son asked a man to show his membership card at the door, and the man yelled and screamed at her until she started crying. Was it her fault that they had to show their cards? And it was a normal thing to do, but he was angry, and so he was mean to her. This happens because sometimes adults don't know how to handle their emotions, and they feel like they're being picked on. Now, no one had hurt these men, but they were hurtful to people who hadn't done anything wrong because they didn't like the way things were being done. And the people they hurt were just doing their jobs and not hurting anyone. Now, these things don't happen all the time, and I bet you've never seen anyone do anything like this. Sure hope not. And probably you won't see anyone do something like this either. Most people know not to hurt others when they are frustrated or angry. In these cases, nothing was really wrong, but people just got angry and they didn't remember to love their neighbors. And as Jesus tells us, everyone is our neighbor. This week, something terrible happened in the news, and maybe you heard about it, and maybe your parents are upset and very angry. I've been very, very upset and sad about it, and I've been praying a lot, and I've also been crying, and I'm even crying now. Right now, I am too sad and worried to be angry. Maybe I'll be angry later. I don't know. In a country called Afghanistan, on the continent of Asia... A terrible group took power of the government very suddenly. They used to be in power a long time ago. And when they were in power, it wasn't safe to be a Christian or to be a woman. Girls couldn't go to school and learn. And women can't leave their homes unless they're dressed in a certain way and are with a man who's a relative. They can't have jobs. If they go outside when they're not allowed to, they go to jail. And no one is allowed to believe in Jesus as their Savior. 
And the very terrible thing is that this kind of government will kill people who love Jesus. And so grown-ups are very scared for them right now. I'm very scared for them right now. And maybe you're scared from watching the grown-ups be scared, but they you don't know how to talk to them about it. But you know what? We're going to talk about it today, and we're going to discuss that it's okay to be scared. There's nothing wrong with admitting you're scared or angry. It's normal. It would be totally weird if people were never, ever scared. Did you know that God made our emotions for our good? Now, that doesn't mean that everything we do with our emotions is good. You know that. Hitting people and yelling isn't the right thing to do. And being a kid is all about learning that. We learn to control our actions, but controlling our emotions is something else entirely. We can't totally do that. Did you know even soldiers get scared? Even police and firefighters get scared. And that might surprise you, but being scared is a healthy emotion sometimes. Being scared can keep us from doing dangerous things. Being scared can warn us not to do something that we shouldn't do. Now, sometimes we're scared of things that aren't familiar to us, but once we try them, we realize it's okay, like swimming or riding a two-wheel bike. Those things can be pretty scary because we're afraid of getting water up our noses or falling off the bike and scraping our knees. It's normal to be nervous when we first do those things, but then we usually find that we enjoy riding our bikes once we get the hang of it and almost never fall off. And once we learn to swim and breathe right, we don't think about snorting water into our brains, which actually doesn't happen, even if that's what it feels like when we do it. But when bad things happen on the news, it's different, isn't it? Those things can seem very close, even when they're far away. They can seem like it can happen to us when it probably never will. Sometimes we can see those things or hear grown-ups talking about them and we wonder if it will ever happen to us. Sometimes we can have dreams about it, bad dreams. Sometimes we wonder if the world is coming to an end, but I want to tell you what Jesus said about those kind of things before I talk to you about what you can do. And what you can do is very powerful and very important. What you can do even means that you don't have to be worried or scared the way most people in the world get worried and scared. Now, right before he died, a few days before, Jesus had been telling his disciples the worst things that they had ever heard in their lives, and they were scared. Now, first of all, He'd been telling them that he was going to die, and they weren't happy about that. They wanted only good things to happen. Of course, but, you know, we all want that. They wanted easy lives. They thought that they would be important people, you know, generals and rulers, when Jesus did what everyone knew a Messiah just had to do, which was defeat all their enemies and make them an important kingdom again. They wanted those Romans gone and dead. They wanted the Romans to come bowing and scraping before them for a change. That sounded pretty great after all the years of bowing and scraping before the Romans, and many Jewish people were slaves throughout the Roman Empire, and many others were very poor. But that isn't all, he told them. 
He told them that the beautiful temple that they loved would be destroyed and not one stone would be left standing on another. Now, imagine if someone said that about your church or your own home. How upset you would be. Well, however bad you would feel, it was worse than that. Nothing was more important to the Jewish life than the temple because it was where they celebrated all the festivals that God commanded. It was the best place on earth as far as they were all concerned. Jesus and his disciples were there and taught there whenever they were in Jerusalem and when they celebrated the festivals. They'd been doing that since they were all little children. And it was the most beautiful building on earth, built on top of Mount Zion and overlooking the city of Jerusalem from above. But the temple had become a corrupt place, a ruined place. And the very top priest, and I'm not the normal priests, the very top priests were very wicked men. It wasn't a place where God wanted to be worshipped anymore, even though he told them to build it in the first place because he wanted to be there with his people. Now, when the disciples heard this, they must have been very shocked and even scared and maybe even angry. They asked when all this would happen and what would be the warning signs that it would be about to happen. And Jesus told them something very, very important that is all so important for you to know. He told them that there would be all sorts of natural disasters like earthquakes and also wars and scary news stories. But that sort of thing was normal and not a warning sign that anything was about to happen. Jesus told them that there will always be bad people in the world doing bad things to someone. Jesus told them that there would always be things like earthquakes and volcanoes and drought and hurricanes and tornadoes and forest fires, but those things don't mean anything. That's the way the world has always been and always will be. Did you know that I live very close to one of the biggest underground volcanoes in the world? The Yellowstone Caldera. It's ginormous, and we get tiny little earthquakes all the time, every day, that no one can feel, and that's been going on for thousands of years. That's normal. And maybe you live in a place where hurricanes and tropical storms are, and that's normal and has always happened, too. Maybe you live where it floods a lot. Maybe you live in a place where you hear the tornado siren tested every Wednesday morning like I used to when we lived in the Midwest. Maybe you felt big earthquakes like I did in 1989 when I lived in Northern California and it felt like the ground was rolling under me and the lights were swaying back and forth overhead and some people even screamed. If you live in California or the Pacific Northwest, you know that forest fires happen here and there every single year and that they're normal. Now, those things have always happened and they always will, but you aren't scared because you know that. Just like I'm not scared of living so close to Yellowstone and we even like to drive closer and go hiking there because it's also one of the most beautiful places in the world. That's what Jesus was saying. Those things happen, but don't freak out and think it's the end of the world or something. Jesus knew that his disciples were very young, mostly teenagers, and so they hadn't lived through a lot of stuff yet, and he had to give them some perspective. Let's talk about perspective. Perspective is a word that means the way we see things. 
And you can have a pessimistic perspective where you see everything as something that's going to turn out just terrible and a big deal, or an optimistic perspective where you see everything as something that will turn out just fine and be okay. Well, Jesus is telling his disciples not to do either one of those things. He's saying that bad things will happen, but it doesn't mean anything, and it certainly doesn't mean that everything is terrible. It also doesn't mean that the world is about to end because these things have always happened. Usually when grown-ups talk about having perspective, that's what they're talking about. Having enough life experience that you've seen a lot of things and you realize that what seemed like a big deal when you were younger is just how the world has always been. But when something bad happens to us, it's hard to remember that. But we have to remember that bad things are always happening to somebody, even when our lives are going great. And to them, it seems like the end of the world, too. As we get older, we learn to expect that life is just complicated. But that doesn't mean that we still don't get sad and scared and angry when it does. And so right now, we're seeing something that Jesus said was normal and not a sign of anything wars and scary news stories. Only he said wars and rumors of wars because rumors of wars was their way of talking about how they got the news in those days when there were no newspapers, radios, television sets, or computers or smartphones. 150 years ago, they only had newspapers. So now we get news all the time. And so it seems like there is a lot more going on right now. But the truth is that we just know more stuff that has always been happening. So even though it seems like there's more reason to be scared, the truth is that nothing has really changed and all the scary stuff that nobody used to know anything about is just in our faces all day and it really stresses grown-ups out. And because of that, maybe you're stressed out too, but Jesus had something very important to say about that and it's a message for you the same as it was a message for his disciples. He told them that they all had jobs to do, which was taking his teachings and his message and his gospel to the ends of the earth, and that they wouldn't be able to do that if they were always busy being upset about all the earthquakes and famine and wars and scary stories. And he told them that if they got distracted by all this stuff that seemed horrible but was actually normal, that they wouldn't be able to do the jobs he was giving them. This stuff is going to happen, Jesus said, but it's always happened and it isn't a sign of anything. You go out and preach my gospel everywhere and to everyone, and I will be with you when bad things happen. My spirit will be with you if you get arrested, and I will tell you what to do and say. You aren't alone, and so you don't need to worry what, uh, about what other people worry about. In fact, he told them not to worry until they actually saw Jerusalem surrounded by armies. And that's a pretty obvious time to be worried. But they were supposed to be long gone by the time that happened anyway, out doing their jobs. Now, sometimes we get worried way too soon and we see a bad guy behind every tree. And even when there's no one there, it's easy to get scared when we aren't remembering what Jesus told his disciples. It's easy to forget that some things are just normal, but because we're Christians, we're supposed to see the world differently. We get to see the world differently because we get to pray 
And maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is a really big deal. Because we know Jesus and he knows us, it means that God sees us and hears us when we pray. We don't have to worry that he's forgotten us or is ignoring us. How would you live differently if you personally knew the king of the world and had his phone number? And if you knew he loves you, would you be more worried or would you be less worried? I bet you'd be pretty confident and that you wouldn't be scared and distracted by all these things. I bet that even though you would still be worried and scared and angry, that you wouldn't be as worried, scared, and angry as the people who didn't have his phone number. Knowing Jesus and being loyal to him as our Savior and King means that we have God's phone number. And it means that he hears our calls even if we don't always hear his responses. He knows us and he knows what we're going through. Sometimes we grown-ups get so distracted and scared that we forget that. And we go to each other and we talk and we yell and we forget to pray. That's normal too. It shouldn't be, but it is. We like to yell at somebody who will yell back so we can feel like we're accomplishing something. But we're kind of silly that way, and I admit that I do it too sometimes. But then we realize that yelling won't help, and especially when the problem isn't one that we can do anything about, because we're far away or we don't have any power to change it, And it's then that we hopefully remember that we have God's phone number and God can change anything. And God does make changes, sometimes changes that we can't see, but he's always working. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about one of the most important phrases in the Bible, which is, and God remembered Noah. (laughs) Sometimes it seems like God forgets our problems and needs to remember, but that isn't what and God remembered means. Remember is how we translate the Hebrew word zakar into English because we don't have a word that means the same thing. Zakar doesn't mean, oh, I forgot and all of a sudden I remembered. (laughs) Zakar means that God decided to act in someone's favor. Zakar is used for all sorts of things, but all those things are wonderful. When the floodwaters go down. And when Sarah finally has a baby, and Rebecca and Rachel and Hannah finally have babies, and when Joseph is taken out of prison and made the second greatest ruler in the land of Egypt. You think humans can make that sort of thing happen? No way. Only God can remember us in a way that gets the impossible done. Believe me, Sarah thought that having a baby was impossible. Joseph thought that he would rot in jail forever. Noah was probably running out of Dramamine and getting sick of the smell of the inside of the ark, which didn't make it any better. When things get hopeless, God remembers and God takes action. Which is why prayer is so amazing. Which is why you, you know, when you have God's phone number and someone else is in trouble, you aren't powerless. You know not only the king of the world, but the king of the universe. And so we don't have to be the kind of angry that we get when we're scared and can't do anything because we can do something. I'm sad about Afghanistan, okay? But not because I'm scared and can't do anything. 
I'm I'm scared and you know I'm getting angry because people are being hurt and especially women and little girls and Christians and anyone who doesn't want to be the kind of Muslim that the Taliban wants them to be. Most Muslims don't want to be Taliban Muslims. When people are being oppressed, which means harmed by the government and being killed and having absolutely no rights, I get really angry. I get angry when girls can't go to school anymore. I get angry that women can't leave the house. I get angry that Christians are in danger. And I'm scared for them. But I'm not so scared that I forget God is really the one who's in control. I'm not so scared that I forget that God can make amazing things happen even when people are being killed and oppressed by humans who are doing evil things because they think that those evil things are actually good. I know what God did when the Soviet Union was in power and people couldn't have Bibles. I know what God is doing now in places like China and North Korea. I know what God can do in Afghanistan, no matter what it looks like to people who are on the outside. Most importantly, I know that every time one of God's people prays, he remembers. We may not see how he remembers and does something good here from the outside, but he's doing it. Maybe a prayer causes him to zakar and hide someone. Maybe it means that a Bible gets to someone. Maybe it means that he sends a dream or a vision to a Taliban soldier and they come to love Jesus or not arrest someone that they could arrest. Maybe it means that a brother comes home from school and teaches his sister what he learns in secret. Maybe it means that a secret house church doesn't get found out. You know, I've been praying for the people of China every night for years because I want God to zakar the people of China, and he does because he loves them. He loves the people of Afghanistan, too. He isn't happy when people are being hurt and when they are scared and when they can't worship him in public. And so when we aren't happy about that either, that does make him happy. So we remind him about the people all over the world who are suffering and also about those who don't know him. And you know what? One of the most powerful things we can do is remind God to zakar in the lives of the people who think that doing evil is the right thing to do in order to serve their gods and their religion. You know, usually they do it because it's all they know and they've been taught that that's what their God wants. They aren't trying to do evil. They think that what they're doing is justified, that the end results will be worth whatever and whoever gets hurt. So when the grown-ups are scared and angry, remember that it's the time for you to go to war and pray to God who can fix things. Prayer can be like war. You don't know how loud your voice is to God, but once Jesus was talking about children and said, see to it that you don't despise one of these little ones, because I tell you that in heaven, their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. Did you hear that? Not only do you have an angel assigned to you, but your angel has direct access to God. If you're that important to God that you have your own guardian angel, then it means that not only are your prayers loud to God, but you also have backup. You aren't alone. Your voice isn't quiet to God. Your opinion is important to him. 
And when you pray to him, he does hear you. Yeah, scary things are always happening somewhere, even though they aren't usually going to happen to you. And some of the things we're scared of actually aren't so awful like we talked about. But you aren't alone and you aren't ever truly powerless. When people in America were doing wrong and enslaving people, there were some people who had the power to do things and other people who could only pray. And little by little, things started changing and a lot of people started to hate slavery and to work against it. Even though it was hard to see on the surface, things were changing. The Underground Railroad was helping people escape. People in the South were quietly teaching enslaved people to read and write, even though it was against the law, so that they could read the Bible and not just be told what it said. And in those pages, they saw that God works to free people who are enslaved. So you keep praying and know that God remembers. I love you and I'm praying for you. And I pray that you have a wonderful week studying the Bible and praying with the people who love you.